The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish, ones, the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The most important light is the light you cannot see. That quote comes from the new limited series on Netflix called All the Light We Cannot See, which is based on the best-selling novel of the same name by Anthony Dewar. The novel is set during World War II, specifically during the Battle of St. Malo in August 1944. St. Malo is a city on the northern coast of France, and at that time it was occupied by the Nazis who did not allow anyone to leave the city, despite the fact that it was the target of relentless bombing by the Allies. The book, which came out in 2014, is amazing, and the series looks promising. Among many things, the story is a meditation about darkness and light. The main character, a young woman named Marie Lore, is blind, one would think trapped in darkness, and yet she radiates a light through her inner strength and in her nightly illegal radio broadcasts, which provide hope and beauty to the occupied city and whoever else might listen in. The city itself is hostage to the darkness and the terror of war, and yet light and hope remain shining forth in its resilient people. Thus the title all the light we cannot see. When asked what the title means, Anthony Doerr said, it's a reference first and foremost to all the light we literally cannot see. That is, the wavelengths of the electromagnetic spectrum that are beyond the ability of human eyes to detect, radio waves, of course, being the most relevant. Ultimately, he says, the title is intended as a suggestion that we spend too much time focused on only a small slice of the spectrum of possibility. We spend too much time focused on only a small slice of the spectrum of possibility. There is much more light, scientifically and spiritually, than we can see. 
and perhaps more than we are accustomed to expect or look for. And I wonder about those ten bridesmaids with their lamps in our gospel reading today. I wonder whether the five bridesmaids who let their oil run out were only focused on a small slice of the spectrum of possibility. I wonder if they forgot that the most important light was not the light that had been coming from their now empty lamps, but all the light they could not see. The story goes that there was a wedding, and afterwards ten bridesmaids, five wise and five foolish, took their lamps to await the arrival of the bridegroom. However, the bridegroom was late, and he doesn't arrive until midnight. And even as they see him coming, their lamps begin to flicker out. And the wise ones refill their lamps with the extra oil that they had brought, but the foolish have to go and get more. And by the time they return, they've missed the bridegroom, and they are shut out of the celebration. This parable comes in a section of Matthew's Gospel when Jesus is talking about how he will come again at the end of the age. He says that until he returns, his followers must be faithful and commit themselves to God's work in the world. This was very important for Matthew and his community. The earliest Christians had expected Jesus to come back again very soon within their lifetimes. But as his return took longer and longer to happen and still has not happened yet, believers became discouraged. The sense of urgency among them was beginning to fade. They had to be encouraged to keep at it and to not lose hope. The moral of the story for these early Christians was to keep awake, to pay attention, to be prepared, and to hold on to the hope. Jesus, in the fulfillment of God's vision for the world, the reign of God may be delayed but it is coming. For me today, this is a story about expectation and hope. That despite the darkness in our world and the darkness we face in our own lives, and despite the lateness of the hour for some of those we love, we continue to look for Jesus. We continue to hope to keep our lamps lit. We continue to believe that there is so much more to this life and world that we can see. Through our faith, we continue to remain open to a fuller spectrum of possibilities for us, for our neighbors, for our nation, and for our world. To know and trust that there is more light all around us that we cannot see. One might wonder what the point is of keeping our lamps lit when all seems darkness, and it doesn't seem like it's getting much better. But these stories exhort us in such times to use our spiritual imaginations, to ask if indeed this all-capable and all-loving God is with me, loves me, and loves the world, what can that mean for me and for us? And what does that, what does that make possible in my life and the life of the world? For God can always do more than we can ask or imagine. God is at work in ways that we can scarcely comprehend. One commentator writes, When Jesus calls his disciples to keep watch, he is calling on them to take the reality of God so seriously that they can come to terms with its sudden appearance at any moment within their own lives. I'll never forget uh, at my last church having a conversation about this passage with one of our older members. We were talking about a time when her husband was in the hospital for a CAT scan and he coded, and he could have died. 
And as she was sitting in the waiting room, doctors and nurses were streaming by into the room to help her husband. She didn't know what was happening, but she sensed that her husband's life hung in the balance. And so she prayed. And she said that in those moments, the scripture that came to her mind was this parable of the ten bridesmaids. She said that having heard it any number of times in that moment, she finally got what it was saying. That we really don't know what life will bring, and so we have to be prepared. We have to keep our lamps and our hearts and our spiritual imaginations lit and know that God is with us. That God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And just so, I was struck in my research for this by an interview with one of the producers on the show who reflected on the connections between this story and the real-life events happening in our world today. And he said, in fact, that some of the extras in the scenes of the show where refugees are fleeing Paris during World War II were actual refugees from Ukraine. And he says, so that's not just life imitating art, it's art becoming life. And the fact that these things still happen, this darkness is still out there, people still covet each other's country and their own invasions. And all these things just make the actual fundamental message of the book all the more important. Indeed, when I read about the people of St. Malo occupied and trapped under relentless bombings, I think of the Ukraine and I think of Gaza. When I think of the terror of war and man's inhumanity to man, I think about those families in Israel. I think about all the conflicts around the world and the suffering they bring that go unnoticed. And the night seems dark and long. And yet the bridegroom Christ comes. Christ comes to us in our doubt, our confusion, and our exhaustion. Christ comes to us in the midst of our suffering. If we give up our hope, we will miss it. If we let our lights go out, we will miss it. If we accept that what we can see is our entire reality, we will despair. If we presume that God's imagination is as limited as our own, then how could anything ever change? But behold, the bridegroom comes. Christ came to us as a baby in a manger in occupied Bethlehem. Christ came to those who were suffering and forgotten. Christ comes to us on the cross, and Christ will one day come again and reconcile the world to himself. And even now, at this very moment, he comes to us, resurrecting every death into new life and reminding us that the most important light is the light we cannot see. Amen.